0: Good morning. Thank God for the goodness of God. Amen. And Jesus, in his goodness, the Bible says he loved the church so much that he gave his own life for her so that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the word. The sanctified set us apart That's what the church is, the ecclesia, the Greek word. It means the called out ones, the set apart, those who belong to God, the church of the living God. And this morning, I want to talk to us about building the church with Jesus. We're going to start out in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look a little bit over in 1 Corinthians. So if you want to get those two places, hold them. But primarily, we're going to be starting out out of chapter 16. And I don't know about y'all, but I am thankful that Jesus is building a church. Amen. And what a blessing it is to be part of the body of Christ and to be in the plan of God. See, the plan of God is to redeem lost man. And the way he's redeeming lost man right now is by Jesus and who he is and what he did when he died on the cross. But he's using the church to work his plan of redemption through. And what a privilege to be part of Jesus' work here on earth to be the body of Christ, our head, the Lord Jesus, over us. And as we serve him, he uses us, the church. You know, I want us to look and read this morning. It's in chapter 16. Um, It's a familiar passage. You've probably read it before. We're going to start reading in verse 13. And it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And all of this was religious answers to that response of who do men say that I am? And religion gives men lots of understanding and lots of opinions on who they think Jesus is. But ultimately what matters this morning is not what any of us say, it's what you believe about who Jesus is. And he says, In verse 15, he said to Peter, or to all of them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the Savior, the Lamb of God. And you're the living God, the Son of God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What is this great blessing? that the Father had to reveal, that couldn't come from flesh and blood, normal, natural understanding, was that who Jesus was. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's God in the flesh, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said in verse 18, And I also say to you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church, the rock, That the church is built upon is the person, the living Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. And I don't know about y'all, but thank God that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, amen? And he said the gates of hell's not going to prevail against it. It's good to know today that Jesus came along and said that I'm going to build my church because the Bible tells us the Lord must build his church because unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. If Jesus is not building this, everything you see, everything we're doing is all in vain. It must be coming from Jesus, through Jesus. And friends, Jesus said that I'm going to build my church. Jesus is building his church. We're not building church for Jesus. Jesus is building his church through us, according to the scriptures. And Jesus said upon This rock, the rock of what Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friends, I don't know about you, but today I hear and think, and it's amazing to me how some of us have come to believe on how the church should be built. And you can find all kinds of publications and books in Christian bookstores of how to build the church. And I want to talk to us this morning. I don't believe you can build the church without Jesus. And I think you can only build it with Jesus. As a matter of fact, that rock is the foundation of Jesus. Look what Paul said. Jesus is the foundation of church. Paul said, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid than Jesus Christ. I want you to hold your place here because we're going to come back to Matthew and finish out the sermon. But I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is speaking here about him and ministers and how God is using and working through them to build his church. And he's talking to them when you get to chapter 3 and he's accusing them of being carnal, of being babes in Christ. And the reason he's accusing them and making that accusation against them is they're more concerned with the preacher in the church than Jesus in the church. And I want you to look at what he says in verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to cornal people, that's natural, fleshly people, as to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. For are you not still carnal for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you? Are you not carnal in behaving like mere men? Now, what is the evidence of this envy, this strife, and these divisions that he's saying is coming from them acting like just mere carnal men? He says, for one of you says, I'm of Paul. That's my preacher. The other one says, nah, we of Apollos. He's the one we want for the pastor. Guys, I want to ask you something. I know the pastor is important. The music is important. But the only reason you should ever go to a church is because Jesus is at that church. If Jesus ain't at that church, I don't care how good the band is, how funny the preacher may be, and how awesome of a speaker he may be. It's all in vain if it ain't coming from a foundation, the rock, of Jesus Christ the Lord. And friends, it must be built upon him. And that's what Paul's reminding them here. Because they were arguing, we like Apollos better. Well, we like Paul. And they were all wondering. Friends, I'm here to tell you, if you think I'm building the church, we're in a big trouble. Amen? Friends, listen to this. Paul says this. Paul said, I plan it. Look at, he said, I mean, look at verse um, 4. Who then... For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not being carnal? If the preacher is the thing that you come for, then that's a sign of not being very spiritual, according to what we just read. You should be coming because the preacher is doing things that's bringing you and helping you to follow Jesus and have a real relationship with Christ. If what you're hearing and what you're being brought into contact with in the church is not increasing your relationship and your love and your ability to follow Jesus. Something's not right in that church because that's what the church is here for. I want you to look at what he says. Paul says in verse 5, Who then is Paul or who is Apollos but ministers from whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one, whatever a minister has to give to the church came from the Lord. The Lord gave it to us, Paul said. Look at what he says in verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God's the one gave the increase. Everything in the church that can bless you spiritually comes from the fount of blessings, Jesus Christ. There's no man that can but He can be used as a conduit, but the blessings that come through a minister of God is God himself. Look at what Paul goes on and says. He says in verse 7, So the, the, he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but he who gives the increase. We can plant, we can water, but only God can cause the growth. Can I get an amen? You cannot grow the church by focusing on the church. That's where we make a mistake. To build the church, we must not focus on the church. If we're going to build a church that glorifies Jesus, that Jesus is going to give increase to, that Jesus is going to build up. we got to focus on the foundation of the church, Jesus. The most important part of any church is the foundation. And upon that foundation, yes, you build a music ministry. Yes, you build a preaching ministry. You build a children's ministry. But those ministries cannot be what we are drawn to. We are drawn for the ones they serve, the ones they represent, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And friends, today, it's real easy to get caught up in the church and what the church is offering and what the church's message is. Friend, the only message I got for you is Jesus died for you. And on the third day, He rose again and He died for sinners. And if you're a sinner, He loved you enough and He'll save you. And if He saves you, He's promised to change you. And if you'll follow Him all the days of your life, He'll lead you and never forsake you. And He'll help you and He'll lift you when you fall. He'll clean you off when you get dirty. He'll be the one that keeps you going when the going gets tough. Jesus is the foundation of everyone's spiritual life. And He's the foundation of the life of the church. So we must focus on Jesus. See, we're not here to build a church for Jesus. We're here to build the church with Jesus. When I say that, that means twofold things. First of all, you can't build it without Him. you got to have Him leading you. you got to have Him empowering you. But you build it with Him. It's built upon Him. He's the foundation. You build it upon what He's done for us. He died for us on the cross. He's our Savior and our Lord. And friends, it's a big difference of building a church for Jesus and building a church with Jesus. Why is that so important? Because Paul says right here, if you look with me, He says, in verse 10, I'm sorry, verse 9, he says, For we are God's fellow workers. He's talking about him and Apollos. And you, the church, are God's field. You are God's building. So he's referring to the church that he's ministering to as a field. And he's already said, I planted, Apollos watered. We both planted and we watered, but God gave the growth. He gave the increase. So what are we? Just ministers that God blessed through. But listen what he says. According to the grace of God in verse 10, which was given to me as a wise master builder, builder of what? Builder of the church. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But listen what he said. But let each one heed how he builds on it. So what is the foundation he's talking about? The next verse. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The verse right above that ends with, let each one of us take heed. Let us be careful how he builds upon the foundation of Jesus. Guys, we can't just come to church and claim Jesus and then build on it any way we want. We got to do things according to what Jesus says, the way Jesus wants us to do. And we got to build the church as Jesus leads us to build the church with Jesus We need to do it Jesus' way. So I want to ask you something. To build a church with Jesus, what must we do? What are our orders? What is required of us? What's the most important thing that every single member of the church must do? No way you can accomplish God's objective and him build his church through us without doing it. What is it? Well, you know, a lot of times you can buy books and it'll focus on the Great Commission. And, of course, the great commission that he gave us is in the end of the book of um, Matthew. And we are to, what? Because all authority has been given unto him on heaven and earth. Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in my name, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them all the things that I have taught unto you to, what? To obey. He said, and then I will be with you even until the end of the age. That's what he's told us to do. But guys, listen, you can't do none of that if you don't do what I'm fixing to tell you. He's told us that if you follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. He wants every one of us to be a fisher of men. He wants every one of us to be doing what he wants us to do to help him to win the world. That's how he builds the church. But I want you to think about this. The church being built by Jesus made up with servants who follow him. If you're not following Jesus, your service is not built upon his foundation. It's built upon what you do, how you want to do it. And a lot of the churches are doing it their way, doing what they want to do, telling Jesus to bless it. And friends, listen, Jesus is perfectly capable of guiding and leading his servants and showing us how he wants us to operate and the things he wants us to do in his church. The church that's being built by Jesus is made up with servants. I want you to check this out. Following Jesus, I'm okay. I just got a raspy throat this morning. Following Jesus is the greatest requirement of his servants, but I will take that water. (laughs) I want you to think about this. If anyone serves me, Jesus said, let him follow me. Can you serve Jesus if you're not following him? Jesus said, and where I am there, you will, my servant will be also. Y'all going to make me preach longer. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. Guys, it's impossible to serve Jesus without following him. The most important thing that we don't realize about the church is that we follow Jesus as best we can, and that's what I want to talk to us about a little while. Requirements to following Jesus, it's pretty easy to see. First thing is you got to know him personally. you got to be saved. Now, don't think that there's not people on the church rolls that aren't saved. You see, you didn't get saved just to get to go to heaven and miss hell. You got saved to have a relationship with God. And the proof that you're saved with God is that you've been reconciled because you've been redeemed, and you were redeemed through what Jesus did for you. He loved the church so much, he bought the church. He paid for the church and purchased her with his own blood, and he redeemed her. And guys, listen, when you're saved, you're in a relationship with Jesus. You talk to Jesus, but unbelievably, Jesus talks to you. He speaks with His Spirit and through His Word. And He's, he's the loudest whisper you'll ever hear. Amen? He will stir from within. You don't have to hear it from without. He'll stir your heart. He'll show you what He wants to do with your life and how He wants to lead you. Jesus saves us. And we come into a relationship. He died on the cross. And through the cross, He paid the price And when we admit we're a sinner and we personally ask Jesus to save us, forgive us, and come into our life and help us to have a relationship that pleases God, that's what He does. That's what salvation is. From that moment on, now you can follow Jesus. The first thing before you can follow Jesus is you got to trust Jesus. So first thing you do when you meet Jesus, you meet Him as your Savior. And the moment he becomes your Savior, he becomes your Lord. Now you follow him. He leads you, he's over your life. And what Jesus does is he teaches us his truth, he disciples us. And every party that's saved, God expects and desires for us to be discipled. A disciple is someone who hears what Jesus teaches and proclaims and follows him. And as he follows him, he learns from him, and Jesus equips us why does jesus want to disciple us because jesus wants to equip us and raise us up so that he can send us out for the mission the mission is to go and be fishers of men the mission is to go and make disciples baptizing them teaching them all that jesus has taught unto us so that they can observe it also And lo, he is with us even to the end. But guys, that happens from following Jesus. I want you to think about this with me. Our mission is not to maintain and support a religious system. You can do that without any Jesus. It's not our job to come. And sometimes I feel like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep all the squeaky parts oiled. I'm pumping up one flat leaky tire here and another one's going down over there. And if I'm not careful, I'm running all over trying to keep this ship floating called church. That's not what Jesus gave me, my mission. Our mission is not to support and maintain a religious system called Baptist Church. Our mission is to proclaim and make known a righteous Savior named Jesus. You see, when we focus on Jesus when we make proclaiming him and making him known and what he's doing in our life because we've been following him. And let me tell you, he does more than just save you and forgive you. He comes into your life and he delivers you and he leads you. He loves you even when you ain't lovable. He don't give up on you. He gets a hold of you and he don't let go. Praise God. Jesus is all about what makes the church who it is. And so we're here to proclaim his goodness, the goodness of God. And all that he's doing in our life. The righteous Savior. But guys, if we're not careful, when's the last time you invited someone to Jesus and told them how to get saved compared to when you invite them to your church? See, that's what we do. Come to church. You ought to hear our preacher. You ought to hear our new music. You ought to see our new sanctuary. You ought to see what all we got going on down there. Everything I've named you is a religious system. People will never, ever change because of all that we got going on here. They'll change it because of the one we sing about, the one we preach about. They'll change because of the ones we tell kids about. You see, guys, I want you to think about this. The main thing involved with following Jesus is not Sunday church attendance. It's not supporting church activities. It's not serving church ministries or sharing church experience, although all of that's part of it. But you can be doing all of that and not even follow Jesus. You can be coming to church every time the door opens and don't even have a personal relationship with Jesus, and nor are even being led by Jesus. I want you to think about this with me. There comes a time for each of us when merely talking about the Christian walk is no longer sufficient. <laughs> there comes a time when Jesus calls you beyond just mere being saved and going to heaven. There comes a time when we must actually set out on the journey of following Jesus. You see, we walk by faith. Faith in what? That's not faith in what? Faith in who? Jesus. Faith in Him. We can spend many hours debating, discussing issues related to the Christian life, but this means little if we never actually step out in faith and follow Jesus. Can I get an amen? The next best day of your life that will ever happen to you spiritually, next to Jesus, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to ask you to save me. And you receive that gift. That's a life-changing experience. You get born again. Getting, you were dead in sin. Now you're made alive in the Holy Ghost and you're filled with the Spirit. That's a life-changing event. Anyone that truly got born again, you don't have to ask if it happened. You know down in your where it happened, amen, because God got a hold of your knower. Praise God. Now your knower knows him. That's what your first thing is about salvation. But now God says, I want you to follow my son. The next best day in your spiritual life is the day you said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me. Though none go with me, I still will follow. That's when life gets real with Jesus. We got too many people know about him. You might be saved, you might not. But I'm going to tell you what, you will never change, you will never experience all that God wants to do. And Jesus don't build his church with people who believe in him. Jesus builds his church with people who follow him. People who will trust him. Thank God for Sunday church attendance. Thank God that people who want to know about our activities. But we got to go beyond that. And as you begin to follow him, he begins to disciple you. He begins to get real in your life. He begins to teach you the things that only he can teach you and show you the things that only he can show you. The Bible says that that's what he did with Peter. And now go look. Go back to chapter 4 in the book of Matthew. When he met them, he'd come to them. They was on the seashore. They were fishermen just like us. We all got jobs. We all got different things we were doing. But when he looked at them, he said, Come and follow me. And immediately they left their nets and they went and followed Jesus. He not be calling you that to that degree, but he is calling you to follow him. Everywhere in the Bible you look, when Jesus encountered people, the first thing he wanted them to do is follow him. He says, in fact, you can't even be his disciple unless you deny yourself, take up your cross, his will and purpose for your life, and follow him. Now, guys, I want you to think about this with me. Following Jesus means more than just going to church. It means sharing Jesus with those who don't know him. And it's a big thing then knowing about him and what you hear about him at church and knowing him because you walk with him every day. He leads you. You know what Jesus said? He said, I am the light of the world and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. How can you be following Jesus and he's giving you the light to leave darkness and providing you with the light of life? That's God's light. He said, I am the light of the world. He said also, he said, I'm the bread of life. When you're following Jesus and walking with Jesus, you're, you're being nurtured and satisfied with Jesus. He's your sustenance. And guess what? He said, he who eats my bread will not hunger. I'm the living water. He who drinks of me will not thirst. That happens from doing more than just believing. you got to follow him. And look, and when we showed him how to come follow Jesus with us, You can't show them how to follow someone you're not following. And I'm convinced that the most important thing in growing the church is probably the thing that we forget about the most. It doesn't matter what we're doing in the church if we're not first been with Jesus all week. We're not following him and he's not over and in our life. The most important thing about me is not my gift to speak or to be able to present a sermon the most important thing about me is do I follow Jesus Christ or not? The most important thing about Jonathan, if he's going to lead us, does he follow Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter how good of musicians they are, how well they can sing. If they're going to be anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and used to change people's lives, to build God's church, so that he can have people that are able and willing to go out and do his work on earth as his body, you got to follow Jesus. And friends, the life of Jesus only comes from being connected to Jesus. He said, I am the vine, you are the branch. Unless you're connected to me like the branch to the vine, you can do nothing. But when we are connected to him and we follow him, we can do all things, Paul said, who Christ who strengthens us. And friends, I want you to think and take a moment. What does the church that is following Jesus look like? Well, just because you got a preacher that everyone seems to come and They say, well, pretty good sermon. You can have a good sermon, but that church, that's not making a church. The church that Jesus is leading is going to have fruit. It's going to have characteristics, and I want to look at this for a minute. Fruit of a Christ-led church. The key characteristics of a church that is following Jesus. I used to think that it's my job to try to build all of these into the church. I got to make y'all into worshipers. I got to teach y'all how to glorify God. I got to help build a community here that has real fellowship, that the kind that is unified in Jesus. I have to evangelize everybody and teach them the importance of reaching the lost. I got to make this church into a discipleship church. And there's books you can go by that tell you how to do this. But you know what I've come to find? None of this will happen no matter how much you teach it no matter how much you preach it to a person who don't follow Jesus. You know what else I've found, brother? <laughs> this is cool. It takes the weight off of us. Them youth, if they are following Jesus, it's fruit. It's going to happen on its own. You see, for fruit to occur, yes, we got to plant a tree. Yes, we got to water it. <laughs> and yes, we got to fertilize it. Yes, we preach the word. Yes, we love on them and pray for them. We water it. We fertilize. But only God can give an increase and cause it to grow and mature to the point it becomes a tree that bears fruit. Only God can make a church bear this fruit. There ain't a man. There ain't a band. There ain't a ministry person. When we are following Jesus, that will happen on its own. The church will begin to bear fruit. People will come here because they've been following Jesus all week and they found out about how good he is and about how awesome he is and how unbelievable the things he can do in a person's life who's willing to follow him. They're going to show up and they're going to be glorifying God and worshiping God. They're going to be singing. They're going to come together when they get here. It's not good. They're not going to come here saying, well, I came today because I like Brother Marvin. Well, I came because I like Jonathan in the band. Well, I came because I like the kids' ministry. You know why they're going to come? They're going to come because they love Jesus. And because Jesus is in their life. And they're going to come. And when we come together, what builds us and makes us a community is our relationship to Jesus. And guess what's going to happen? Because you got saved and your life got changed. You got delivered. Man, you do understand what it's like. Grace is unbelievable. Amen? Grace makes you want to be graceful. People who get found by Jesus want to go find people for Jesus. Amen? And you just have a natural, it comes naturally that I care about people who are lost. I can't make any of you care about the lost. The only person who will ever make you care about the lost is Jesus. So my job is to teach you to follow Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, you'll begin to have a heart and a desire to reach the lost. Guess what? Once you get saved, next thing you know, man, Jesus saved me. Man, I've been coming to church. I've been enjoying worshiping. He's so real in my life. And this fellowship is filled with all these people who encourage me, who are like me. And we all, have, you know what? I want to grow. I want to be equipped, Jesus. You start following Jesus. You read his word. You study. You listen to the teachings of Christ. And you apply them to your life. And you begin to do what they say. And it begins to equip you. And you grow in maturity. Next thing you know, one day, Jesus has raised you up. And you're a leader. And then the next thing you know, you have an opportunity to serve people in ministry. And then, unbelievably, one day, God says, I got you now to a place where I want you to go with me and be on mission for me. Friends, let me tell you how it works. <laughs> Jesus saves you. And you get saved. He's your Savior. And, man, you you come to know him, and you're in a relationship. You're like a little baby, and you begin to grow. And as you grow, you begin to, to become into this evolving Christian, and then you get to the point where you say, well, it's not enough just to be saved. I want to know him. I'm going to follow him. You begin to follow him. As you begin to follow him, he begins to change you, and he begins to make you into that disciple. And then one day, you don't just say, Lord, I want to believe in you. I want to trust you to be saved. Lord, I don't want to just decide to follow you. One day, you get to a point in your relationship where you say, Lord, and it's natural. It's never forced. Here I am, God, send me. God grows his church with people who want to be sent, not with people who feel they have to go. He's looking for people who are saying, Here I am, I'm ready to go. How does that happen? It all happens through your personal relationship with God. And friends, that's what changes the church. You see... We will become the church that I just looked at when we are looking unto Jesus, the author, the origin, and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And friends, listen, God is at work. He's moves in people's lives. Friends, it's not always easy to follow Jesus. And it sure ain't easy to be sent out by Jesus. But let me show you some examples right here at home of how God is working. How many of you was blessed on that song Sandy sang just a moment ago about the goodness of God? Can you believe that just a little over a month ago that girl was riding around singing them songs and singing like that in her car by herself? Just her and Jesus. No one else even knew about it. Jesus has been working on her. Would you agree? Jesus gave her a gift. He honed that gift in her. He saved her. He's discipled her. Another day, he told her, <laughs> It's time to get out. She came to me and said, Brother Marvin. And she's so sweet, and innocent. Brother Marvin, I think God might want me to sing. I said, Well, you know, we just don't want to let anybody sing. That's what Jonathan tells me. If they want to sing, I said, Go to Jonathan and he'll set it up. You can have a practice and you can sing a special. So I told Jonathan, Jonathan was on it, boy, and he gets, so she comes. Jonathan said, you should have been here today. She sang and she can sing. I don't know about y'all, but aren't you glad she ain't still singing in the car by herself? See, Jonathan, before he came here, he's been here a year. He came the first time to lead worship for it a year ago this month, and he was called here in November as our full-time, part-time worship leader. But before he came here, he was at his other church for 16 years. Pretty comfortable there at first. huh? That's the only church that Alicia's ever been to since they were married. Guess what God did? He raised them up. He trained them up. He gave them all of what you can see Jonathan to do. He sent him to seminary. He sent him to school. He let him hone his gifts and skills for his glory. And then he told Jonathan, I'm going to send you out. I don't know about y'all, but I thank Jesus every day that he sent him here. But I thank God that Jesus was able to convince Jonathan to come here. So Jonathan's come here. And I want about y'all. I'm so glad he's at our church and not some other church. I'm glad he's at a church where people are letting him use his gifts and serve the Lord in the capacity that God has created him to do it with. But you know, there's things going on in the church because when you're led by Jesus, Jesus is in control. I don't know if y'all know this, but since I've been here and for a long, long time, God showed me this, I was sitting in the office a while go just praying, thinking Lisa was one of our main teachers in the kids. She's taught kids for years. Lisa's led kids to the Lord. But you know what? Lisa this year said, you know, now God's got me on the praise team. Lisa felt led. She's not going to teach kids on blast. Some say, oh, that's terrible. No, not if Jesus is not the one saying to do it. But Lisa is up here singing now. She's giving everything and putting all of what God's her with upon what God wants her to do. Guess what that did? That opened the door. We might not get enough people to have blasts now. Guess what? We got four people doing blasting. Two of them's never done blast before. Praise God, someone's getting sent out out of their comfort zone, amen? And if you want to find out how much Jesus can do, go get in a room with a load full of kids, amen? You'll you'll be following Jesus real quick. See, that's how Jesus builds his church. See, we were at our previous church for 13 years. We didn't leave because they ran us off. They loved us, believe it or not. We left because Jesus called us and showed us it was time to go. We left with many tears, with lots of good memories. Sure, they was hard times. We came here unknown, uncertain of only one thing we knew. Jesus sent us here. And friends, that's how Jesus works. Jesus builds his church with people who are saved and personally know him, who are being discipled and follow him, and who have been equipped, empowered, and given the ability by him to go out into the world and engage lost dying people with the life of Jesus. See, that's our mission. Our mission is to give Jesus away to people who don't know him. Our mission is to show people who aren't following him how to follow him and the difference it makes. And as we follow him, he takes us into the people who are the peculiar people of God church. I don't know about y'all, but it amazes me how God does things. Today, it starts by knowing you're saved. Being saved gives you opportunity for a journey you cannot imagine. And then I'm going to follow Jesus. Some of us today, you aren't be saved, but you aren't following him. I want to invite you today to follow Jesus, to seek his will and purpose for your life. And some of us may be following him and he's showing you things he wants you to do. Maybe he's wanting you to join this church, to serve in this. Maybe he's got a position for you. Maybe he's got something you want to do. But I'm going to tell you this. Following Jesus is much more than going to church, being involved with church activities, even serving in ministry, or going and telling people about our church experience. Following Jesus involves friends, telling friends about Jesus, Neighbors reaching out to neighbors with Jesus. Family showing family how to follow Jesus. Connecting and building relationships with strangers to share. See, the task that has been assigned to us is to give millions of people access to Jesus because Jesus has been given access to us. And we just let Jesus use us. Friends, today I'm convinced that the church filled with people following Jesus is the church that the gates of hell cannot stand against. You know why the devil gets a hold of churches and stops what's happening? Because that church quit following Jesus. If we all follow Jesus, hell can't stop it. If we all follow Jesus, you can't stop it. If we will all follow Jesus, the world can't stop it. If we all follow Jesus, Jesus will build a church that will glorify his name and he'll redeem people and he'll win people to Jesus. I don't know why you exist, but I exist because of Jesus. Jesus is the reason that I'm standing here today. He changes our lives. He makes a difference. And boy, when we allow him to have his way and follow him, what a difference it makes. Can you imagine what a church filled with people who are really following him could make in the world today? It could make a big difference. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And as the band's coming up here, we're going to sing that song, The Goodness of God, I think is what they're going to sing. And I want to ask you, do you know the goodness of God's salvation? Are you saved? Do you have a day when you personally, convicted by your sin, understanding your condemnation outside of God's grace, seeing Jesus as Peter's did, the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of the living God, and you trusted Him and you were saved? It's as easy as saying Jesus saved me. If he saves you, the first thing he's going to do is say, follow me now. You know what he's going to say? I want you to be baptized. I want you to be a a statement to other lost people in here that Jesus saved me today and I'm going to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you're going to get baptized and he's going to identify you with his church, the body. And from there, he's going to begin to disciple you and teach you. And he's going to equip you. Some of us in are all in different areas along that walk. And as he's equipping us, there's going to come a day when he's going to say, you're ready. I want to send you out. I want to use you. Today, maybe he's telling you today, here I am, send me. But I want to tell you something, Jesus is working and got a plan in every one of our lives to use us and bless us for his glory. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the person who if he died this moment would not go to heaven. But he would not go to heaven because he's bad. It's because he doesn't have a relationship with you because his sin has separated you. Lord, I pray that he might be reconciled today and renewed and restored into a relationship with you through Jesus. I pray that someone will be saved. And for those of us who are saved, help us to follow you and teach us and train us up. And Lord, I pray for people to be sent out. Thank you for people who serve and do the work of ministries. There's so many in this church that are following Christ and allowing him to work through them. Lord, I just pray for more now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.